We are all invested in the digital world, everyone, everywhere. There are very rare individuals who have no digital presence. That digital presence manifests itself as computers, smart devices, or clever phones. The more we use them, the more we rely on them, and the more information is stored on them. That means they are an absolute goldmine to the criminal. The old physical criminal world, yeah, they would mug you, punch you in the face, and run off with your wallet or your watch, your jewellery or your bag. In the digital world, it does not work like that. Your device is always connected to the internet. And because of that, it can be targeted at any time. The criminal is no longer in a dark alley. They can just reach out and steal money from your bank account, especially if you are unaware of their capabilities. The last 18 months has shown us that our reliance on the digital world for primary human communication has increased tenfold. Even before the pandemic, our use of the digital world was already increasing. The problem for elderly and retired is communication. Our children have flown the nest. They no longer live around us. They live in different suburbs, they live in different cities, and they live in different countries. I suppose we are lucky we do not have to worry about different planets. Our brothers and sisters, our fathers and mothers have similar issues. So here we have all embraced this wonderful new world. The more we use these digital systems, the more vulnerable we become. The more we embrace the convenience that these systems give us, the more vulnerable we become. Let's do something to rectify that issue. This podcast is based on questions we have been asked or areas of concern that have been identified by the elderly and retired when associating and associated with the digital world. The elderly, retired and mature are either uneducated about the digital world, they have been misinformed about what can happen, and they are ignorant about the capabilities, proficiencies and abilities of the cyber criminal. I am in no way saying that people are stupid. What I am saying is that we all need to be better informed on the capabilities and skills, and yes, they are skilled of the cyber criminal. So sit back, watch and listen to this old person's take on protecting your stuff. This is what Roger has to say in this episode. This episode, we're gonna focus on privacy. Privacy protection is keeping your information from getting into the wrong hands. Now, most of the people I'm talking to on this podcast are in their late 50s and onwards, okay? So we've been brought up with a privacy uh, bend in our attitude to our own information. When it comes to privacy, there is, we all know about KISS, uh, keep it simple, stupid, you know, K-I-S-S, and KISS for privacy is all about just that. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it as simple as possible. Any information that is specifically related to you that could be used to identify you in any way should not be shared. Now, there are things that we need to share. First name, last name, email address. That's about it. Okay. Now, if you can keep it to that level, then you are already in a good place. But 
There are times when a website will say, I need a passport number. No. I need a license number. No. I need your date of birth. No. I need your credit card details. No. Okay. I need your bank account details. No. I need your superannuation details. No. Okay. You don't give that information away unless there are specific mitigating circumstances around why they would need it. If I'm buying something from a, uh, uh, an eBay shop and it comes up and needs your date of birth, no. If it is uh, a prerequisite for purchasing something, no. Go to another site and just purchase it some other way. And all of these parts of the information are really, really important to us. The trouble is there are some websites we're going to go to, for instance, government websites where we're getting our, um, our pension from, for instance. Uh, they could be medical sites, uh, Medicare, okay, or they could be banking sites. Now, those are probably the only three criteria of why you would leave this information on the, in the digital world. Mainly because those three areas, in most cases, 99.9999% of the time, they are going to address protecting that information as much as possible. And if they're doing that, then putting that information up there is a really good thing to do because then they can marry in what you do and how you do it and how they're going to give you money and all the rest of it. But if you're going to a website that really doesn't have that criteria, it's not a government site, has nothing to do with medical information and has nothing to do with banking or finances, all of those pieces of information should just never be delivered to the internet. What we are doing is trying to make sure that we reduce the amount of information, privacy information that is going out there. And by reducing that amount of information, we are then getting into a better and more stable situation where if something happens, then the information is not going to be exposed in any way. There are a few things you can get around. Okay, you know, a passport number is a, a letter followed by a large number of digits. Okay, create a fake one. You don't use it on a regular website, uh, government websites, but you can use it at any other location. Um, things like your passport, uh, your uh, driver's license, uh, your date of birth, create one. It's in your best interest that if that site where you put your site, uh, your information gets compromised, then they are not going to have information about you. Now, one of the big problems we've got is what the bad guys call the creds. Now, the creds are full credentials of people. Now, there was a hack that happened uh, about four years ago that was targeted at um, a credit agency, and they were hacked to a level of... Uh, half the Americans um, had all of their information stolen. So that was social security number, passport number, driver's license, date of birth, a whole lot. Now, that went into the dark web and you could buy that for $35, which means that I have literally, I have a full-blown copy, digital version of you in my hand. And we really don't want that to happen. So if it comes to credit agencies, we are expecting that these people would actually do that. But if you are buying something from eBay or you're on Amazon and they've asked for specific information, lie, because there's no way that they can test it and look at the real information and double check it to make sure that it is real. 
So if you are going to do that, you then have to put in a few other things uh, to make sure that you're not going to have a problem. If you get locked out and they ask you the date of birth, that's a problem. So you need to keep a record of it in some way. And going back to what we were talking about in episode one, get yourself a password manager because then you can put the notes into that and that, that information will go from device to device. doesn't really matter. Um, whatever you've lied about, which is what we need people to do more than anything else, if you've lied about it on the internet, that's good. Okay, but you need to keep tracks of your lies. Otherwise, they do get really complex. Or you just have a basic uh, understanding of what your fake passport number, what your fake driver's license number is, what your fake date of birth is. Now, I use one that is 1.1.70. Okay, it doesn't matter how, depending on who I am. Um, and it's not to make myself look younger. It's just one that came to mind when I was filling this in. I've kept it for the last 15 years. So let's talk about privacy and how people handle it. So what is privacy? It's your information, any information specially related to you. And the more information they gain about you, the more they can get a digital representation of you. So if you can punch holes in that, that's your best. That's in your best interest to do that. And if we can protect that information as much as possible, only by putting those uh, critical pieces of information into legitimate websites, as in legitimate websites that have a fundamental reason for using them. So you need them for your health, okay? You need them for your doctor. You need them for your um, uh, Medicare claims. You need them for um, your uh, health insurance. Yes, not a problem. They spend a lot of money on protecting it. It's not always going to be perfect, but there are a lot of ways of making sure that that information is going to be as secure as possible. The other thing it does is it makes, it, by protecting this information, it makes um, scammers very, very um, hard to get that front foot on you because they haven't got that information about who you are. The other thing about it is uh, I've mentioned that those areas that we need to really, uh, where we need to put this information have better security. So there's a couple of criteria that we should be addressing in the back of our mind. Uh, is it a large organisation that has a legitimate reason for collecting that information? Okay, if, if it is a bank, uh, a bank, uh, or a uh, or my superannuation, or my um, medical documents, or my uh, government payouts. Okay, all of that comes down to yes, we can trust the system to a level. So it's is reputable, uh, reputable. Uh, have you heard of them? Um, is it secure? Okay, so if if you are putting information into the in, onto the digital world, you have to have a criteria of what information needs to go on there. But then again, there's other areas. Social media, for instance, if someone comes up and says, "Well, your social media um, um, platform needs that information," how are they going to check? And the only reason they're going to use that information is for their own systems. It's not got nothing to do with you. So, again, lie. And when the digital world, you have to get into the habit of lying significantly. I know it goes against everything you know, but you have to start lying about these areas that we consider um, a fundamental way to get tar to target you in a number of ways. So social media, they ask for a date of birth. Think about it. Don't use your own. Think about your own uh, 
date of birth inside your password manager. If you are at a cafe and you're using Wi-Fi and it comes up and says, this is the, um, you have to fill in this form to gain access to the internet, name, address, phone number, date of birth. Again, no, okay? If you're going to sites that don't have the wonderful little green padlock in the top, top right hand, uh, left-hand corner, no. Information, literally information that is personal, doesn't go on that website because it is unencrypted. If it's encrypted, then there is a very good chance that nobody can intercept that information. But if it is unencrypted, it is in plain text. It's like me sitting behind you in a cafe and just literally recording everything you're saying. Okay, I can do that. If you have, um, if you receive links or attachments that have a requirement for you to put that information in, again, just be very careful. Start thinking about two concepts. Lie as much as you can and trust nobody, okay? Because if you can get that into your minds, you are then starting to lower the, the prospects of someone actually targeting you in a significant way. If it comes to a survey, if you're having a survey done on you uh, or you get a link in a, a, an email that asks to do a survey and one of the questions is one of those critical pieces of information, no. Okay, the moment you get to that, it's time to shut down that survey and move on. Okay, if the survey has come from government department or has come from a bank, yeah, we can we can get around some of those problems. But most of the time, a survey from someone you're least expecting and someone you don't know, when it comes to personal information, you just don't put it up there. Scams and pop-ups. You will find this regularly. You will get a pop-up that asks you for specific information about you. Any pop-up, it doesn't matter what it's asking you information for. If you are getting a pop-up and you've gone to a website and you think to yourself, well, that shouldn't have come up, close them both down, move on, go somewhere else. Now, what I'm trying to do is get you to realize that nothing that you are doing on the internet is critically important and urgent. There's no such animal, okay? If you are on the internet and they start protecting you, it's got to be done now, it's got to be done now, it's got to be done now. No, it doesn't, okay? It's only their concept of importance. It's your concept that has to override it. So we've done a few, I've mentioned a few ways we can protect ourselves. We've already got a couple, okay? And hopefully by listening to version uh, to, to, to podcast one and two, that you understand that passwords are really important. Two-factor um, uh, two authentication is really important as well. So what else? Let's go through a few things. Let's look at your privacy settings, okay? Privacy settings on things like social media, on your email address, on your email system. These are things that you need to regularly check just to make sure that they're not ballooning out. And sometimes, and this happened two years ago when, my, uh, when Facebook did a major update, it reset everything back to the default, which was everything open to the wide world. Um, they've learned that very quickly that that is a bad thing to do, and it lost a large number of people using Facebook at the time. Um, don't put public information on um, public sites. Try again. Don't put private information on public sites. Things like notes on Office, on Google. All of these have a back-end system that you have no control over. So you don't know who has access to that information. Turn off everything that you can that can be used to track you. 
Now, tracking you can be GPS, so make sure you're making sure that when you take a photograph with a uh, with your smart device or your uh, your phone, make sure that there's no geolocation uh, information going onto that photo. It's really easy, and they, they, they did a survey a couple of years ago where 60% of all the photos taken by people on Facebook had the geotag still on them, which means I could literally pinpoint to within one meter of where you took that photo. And you really don't want people to have that access to your life. Make sure that there's end-to-end encryption. So in other words, when I open up my browser and go to a website and it's secured with a, um, a certificate or using HTTPS, everything that I type on my uh, browser is encrypted from the time I write it on my browser all the way back to the web page. Okay, once it, that information is then stored, it also needs to be encrypted, but it depends on how you want to look at it. Use an end-to-end -end encrypted messenger. So things like WhatsApp and Telegram. So literally you're typing information and it goes back to the person you're talking to and you and him are the only person who can read the information. Now WhatsApp is a bit different because it uses a totally different encryption level, which is highly secure. So if you want to talk to someone, use WhatsApp. Don't use Facebook Messenger, for frick's sake. And also turn off your lock screen notifications, okay? Now, lock screen notifications are really great. They really are, except if you want to protect your privacy because you'll get a pop-up SMS. You'll get a pop-up about a phone call. You'll get a pop-up about an email. You'll get a, a, a listing of what this information is on your system. And it is really, really bad at times where people can actually look at it without actually gaining access to the internal workings of your system. So they haven't got your username and password, but they just realize that you've got an SMS from your bank. Okay, not good uh, situation. So privacy, it's all about your information, keeping those really, really important components of your life off the internet. Passport numbers, license numbers, date of, date of birth, credit card details, bank account details, superannuation, uh, medical documents, okay? Just don't put them up there unless there's a very, very good reason to do it. So in other words, if you need access to resources from government, if you need access to resources from medical, if you need access to resources from the bank, then yes, you need to do that. But always stand back and go, why do they need it? And if it's optional, don't put it in. If it's optional, that's good, yeah? But don't put in your passport number or your date of birth. Um, it's your information, protected accordingly. Um, it's very easy to reduce the amount of scans because they haven't got that information to use. Um, they're already going to get a vast amount of information from places like social media, which are going to, uh, where they can, extract information about what you like, what you don't like, who you like, who you don't like, um, that information as well. Um, when you're looking at these systems, make sure they're reputable. Uh, rep reputable. Have you heard of them? Um, is it secure? And all of those questions are the ones that go through your mind. And if they're going through your mind, then that's good for you as well.
how do they get your information? The bad guys get your information? Well, social media, they can get off Wi-Fi. Insecure websites, they can get use link and attachments to get you to do something you shouldn't be doing. They can ask you surveys and fill in the survey forms. And if everything, if that those questions come up and they have to be filled in properly, then now you need to make some decisions about do I allow that information to go to someone I have no idea who's going to use it and what they're going to use it for. Scams and pop-ups they sometimes leverage gaining information about you. So in other words, they'll come up and ask for your driver's license. Okay, again, these are the parts of the information that we really need to protect. Make sure when you're going through your social media settings, make sure that they are set to your standard. My recommendations is family only gets information about the back end of the stuff, who you know, who you don't know, um, what information is on your uh, profile. Uh, public information, Try again, private information on public sites, things like Office 365, Google, what information are we gonna put up there? How are we gonna, uh, how are we gonna store that? Um, turn on tracking as much as, turn off tracking as much as possible. So geolocation on, on uh, phones, only turn it on when you're needing it. So if you have a, a map on your smart device, you open up the smart app, uh, the smart app that opens up the map, that's when the GPS comes on, the moment you shut that down and close it down properly is when it goes off. Uh, get an alias. I didn't mention this before. Most email accounts you can add an alias to. You can actually create an alias that is not you, and you can use it for sites that you do not um, expect to either go back to again and or um, have a requirement that you need to be more proactive in securing your information. Uh, if you can do that, that's great. Um, if you run your own mail system, that's great. Um, places like uh, Office 365 and um, Google uh, Gmail have the capability of adding an alias if you if you so require it. Um, and that alias is one that you can then use for all of the sites that aren't part of that uh, system. And when you do start using an alias, set yourself up another inbox that and a rule that allows that information that comes in that is addressed to that email address to go into a separate email address, uh, folder. That way, anything that goes could be suspicious is going somewhere that's not going to clutter up your normal inbox. And it's a good way of separating out um, your systems from all of the crap that's out there. Always use end-to-end -end encryption, so anything in the browser goes to the website and back again, and as long as it's got that padlock and HTTPS, then we're doing well. Use, if you want to use a messenger, use end-to-end -end encryption in that as well. So WhatsApp, Telegram, and turn off your lock screens on your, on your systems as much as possible. There are times when you'd like that information, but in most cases, the good idea is start tapering it back. You don't want uh, your bridge partners to see you've got an email from Joe or you've, got a, you've just missed a phone call from X. Okay, those are pieces of information they really don't need at the time. So thank you. Hopefully I'll see you in uh, episode five. Thank you for listening to this episode of the old person's take on. Thank you for listening to this episode of the old person's take on protecting their stuff podcast. I hope that you have some actionable information out of what we have been talking about today. If there are any questions, please throw them in the comments and I will get an answer to you as soon as possible.
The solution to protecting your digital assets—the solution to protecting your digital assets in retirement—is complex. We are talking about systems and technology that we have been forced into using and have minimal control and understanding. In addition to being uneducated and uninformed about the digital world, the criminals are not. They are really, really clever at stealing shit from us. So you have to take into account that. More importantly, they will rob you blind. If given the opportunity, and by not securing your crown jewels, you are giving them that opportunity. The link to the following resources can be found in the show notes. And if you're concerned about how secure you really are, we have a free simple scorecard for retirees and for the elderly, or for people who are pretty unaware about what security they need to do, all you have to do, jump on it, do the 24 questions, and they're simple, yes, no, maybe, okay? And once you've done that, you'll get a, a uh, report in your email box, inbox, that will allow you to look at it and go, these are the areas we need to worry about. Once completed, we will send you that personalized report We'll probably follow it up with an email or maybe a phone number, but we don't collect phone numbers. So the only thing that we collect in that whole process, first name, last name, and email address. That's it. Nothing else. So do that, and I can guarantee that you will look at it and go, oh, we need to do something about this. So thank you very much, and I will see you next episode.